Hi everybody and welcome back to Pagan's Witchy Corner. My name is Pagan and I am joined by some very awesome friends that are fellow podcasters with the Spirit World Center podcast. So welcome to the show guys. Introduce yourselves and I hope you guys will tell us all about the wonderful topic of shamanism today. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. I'm Eric, and uh, I'm joined here by Lauva. Hello, everyone. And we are from the Spirit World Center. And at the Spirit World Center, we provide online instruction in things like shamanism and mediumship and working with the spirits, really, uh, through various means, ceremony and and all that type of thing. And uh, And one of the main modalities that we offer and teach in terms of working with the spirit world is uh is shamanism and uh, uh we're very excited to be talking about this topic with you today yes we are thank you for having us <laughs> yes i'm so excited to have you guys here talking about this and the the cool thing about it is there's so many different avenues that i've seen that people have talked about with shamanism and how they practice it and it kind of varies from practitioner to practitioner so if you could tell the audience a little bit about what shamanism is and kind of where your practice kind of begins with it. Well, to start off, um, a distinction that I always like to make is, is to make the distinction between shamanism and Native American religion. And uh, I think it's something that definitely that delineation has to be drawn. Otherwise, people start to get into really uh, iffy things of cultural appropriation and all that. Um, shamanism, though, it's something that exists cross-culturally and throughout history. If you go you know, way back in the human record, anywhere on earth, you're going to find shamanism is kind of the first inklings of spiritual practice. And it's, it's because of a very simple reason. And that is that it, it, it's based on trance. So it's based on a, a human ability that it's our birthright. We are born with it, you know, we can enter into trance. And there's interesting things that, that fall out of it. And this is why shamanism exists really within any culture and throughout history. It's kind of like water, right? It can be poured into any type of glass, right? The glass is the culture, the water exists within that culture, but it, you know, it's its own pure thing that just keeps arising. And the reason for that is this, once again, I come back to trance. And really, humans can enter into trance, and so can many other animals, right? It's, it's this neurological thing that can happen, but it has these, these wonderful effects on, on our consciousness. And it really comes down to that the human brain is wired for survival in a very amazing way, right? That just through evolution and all this, it acts as a filtering mechanism. There's all this data that comes in from the outside world. You know, imagine walking through a jungle. You have all the, the trees and the leaves and the dirt and all the insects and all the sounds. And there's, there's literally a near infinite amount of, of information and data in any instant as you walk through that. And so your, the human brain has become very good at filtering out everything that it finds irrelevant and only focusing on those things that it finds to be useful. And in terms of evolution, the things that are useful are what looks good to eat and also what looks like it's going to eat me. And, and so the brain really filters out so much else, right? I mean, imagine walking through the city as well. You know, you get off a subway, you're walking through the city, there's people in business suits, there's, um, there's all the cracks in the sidewalk, there's everyone's different, you know, fashion and all this. There's so much information, but our brain is able to focus just on certain things. Well, shamanism, and, and particularly entering to trance, basically shuts off that filtering part of the brain. It's, it's very similar to what Aldous Huxley was saying uh, in his book, The Doors of Perception, when it came to uh, when it came to understanding the effect of hallucinogens on human perception, right? That um, you would expect that, uh, in essence, these hallucinogens 
shut off the brain and allow you to experience this world in a way that's not being filtered down. You're getting all this, this data that you wouldn't ordinarily uh, see. And this, of course, has been, been uh, backed up by various studies in, uh, let's say, mushroom users as well, where they look at the, at the brain activity in someone who's having a mushroom trip. And instead of seeing this, you know, you, you, someone's having a trip, right? So you expect all this activity all throughout the brain, right? And you actually see reduced activity in the brain. So it's actually about getting the brain out of the way. And this, of course, is the power of trance, that you're causing a neurological change within the organism that then basically shuts off that filter and allows the being to have this, this unmediated uh, experience of reality. And of course, some of the things that are being filtered out are things like the spirit world, are things like the spiritual energies around you. These aren't necessary for survival, for evolution, but when you start working with those spirits, it absolutely is something that's, that's, that is very useful. And, you know, so shamans throughout history, they're the ones who enter into trance. And then when they're in that trance, they send their consciousness, they connect with their consciousness to these extended realms, to the spirit world. And they then engage in communication with those other consciousnesses on behalf of their community. And so this is really what shamanism has been and this is why it's it's just really such an, an ancient thing because it it really goes back to uh, the beginnings of the human experience you can just imagine someone sitting around a fire very early in, in human evolution and just uh you know just sitting around that fire watching that fire entering into a bit of trance and then suddenly looking around and saying whoa this world is different than what we thought mm -hmm. and so um this is you know this is very much uh, what shamanism is about. And of course, that trance has been entered into in so many different ways, right? Um, it can be entered into through, as I said before, the use of hallucinogenics, uh, or and also uh, through uh, things that are kind of trials of ordeals, such as uh, there's some shamans in the past who poison themselves so that they uh, are going through so much pain that they their consciousness leaves their body. Um, other, others, they would uh, uh, go to the point of exhaustion, dance to the point of exhaustion, or starve themselves in order to enter that trance state. Of course, the, the safest way to enter into, into the trance state that we find and that we teach is listening to drumming. And when you listen to drumming at about 210 beats per minute, it just has this effect on your neurology to turn off that brain, enter you into trance, and allow you to have this experience of these extended realms, and therefore also experience the spirits around you and also the spirit world itself. So that's, that's shamanism in a nutshell. That is a beautiful description of shamanism. And it really sparks so many different ideas and, uh, you know, points that I would love to talk about as well. Um, as somebody who's chronically ill, uh, shamanistic trances are actually one of the ways that I actually help deal with my pain. Um, I will kind of go into, the, I think the medical community calls it biofeedback is what it's actually called. But to me, it's trance. There, there's no differentiation between the two for me, at least. Uh, how do you feel about, you know, using, I guess you could call it biofeedback, but trance-like states um, as, you know, a way of not only kind of dipping into your spiritual consciousness, but also tapping into that healing mindset? Absolutely. I mean, trance is a powerful way of really getting the ego and getting the mind out of the way. And so when we're talking about healing, right, uh, trance is especially useful for energy healing. Um, I find that one of the, the key things when you're, when you're doing certain energy healings and such as laying on of hands is allowing your consciousness to get out of the way and just allowing that flow of energy to come through you. So once again, you want to turn off that brain. You want to take that consciousness that's doubting or that's and, and put aside and allow things to flow. It is like being a hollow bone, you know, and mm -hmm. you let the energy go through you. Mm -hmm. Yes. I completely agree with that. I When I've done Reiki sessions, that's kind of also, I kind of, um, 
I guess the best way to like really put it is to the visualization of almost kind of hollowing out to give basically moving everything out of the way for that energy to transfer through you. Um, and it, it's a very interesting state, especially, you know, when I've taught Reiki classes and you have to kind of explain that imagery to someone who may not understand it. It's very difficult to kind of get past that barrier. So if you guys are teaching about shamanism to your community um, or teaching someone how to get into that trance-like state, what is kind of your, I guess you could say like top information or top um, tips that you would give somebody who's maybe learning about that? Yeah, sure. This, and I think it is the top question that we have is like, if I don't get into a trance, how can I get there? Uh, like there's many blockages. Uh, but the main advice I have is really um, to make your brain or your rational side, if you want, collaborate with your intuitive side, you know, like your right brain collaborate with your left brain. And to do that, I say, you know, if you want to go into a trance and you are someone that have difficulty to let go of control that you have so, someone that needs to stay in control of situation let or just let loose in general um then you do it in a small time you know you say okay for the next let's say five minutes one minute even if five is too much you, you do small step just tell your brain okay for the next five minutes we'll just put you aside okay and when we come back you will be able to critique analyze do anything you want about the experience be but, skeptical yeah yeah and then and then but but for the next five minutes we're gonna be in the in our heart in our intuition we're gonna go down in the heart because um i found that the spirit communication or trance is all about heart-based communication it's all getting from that place of intuition of sensing feeling without necessarily putting a word on something and just the kind of an inner knowing and then your senses are just well making sense of what you're feeling in your heart in some way uh but i think that the big barrier is really really like uh the brain that wants to analyze the brain that doubt also uh, a lot of conditioning uh, of like okay is it just my imagination is it real am i going crazy uh <laughs> these kind of question uh is people thinking i'm i'm like i'm being um how do you say that people think you're you are not uh imagining things or creating it yeah, yeah or just uh you know when you're not scientific enough it's like you're not uh how do you say that it's like people don't trust you you because it's not science proof you know it's oh, more yes based in guts. science or uh yeah based in the, the facts essentially. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's so. one of those things where you don't want to repress you know, you don't want to completely get rid of your your critical faculties or your or your skepticism or anything. It's more like you make a deal with it, right? You make yeah. a deal. Okay, look, you can you, know, you tell your your left brain. <laughs> I always get the, the left brain, right? Mm -hmm. That it's just the irrational yeah. one, right? You mm -hmm. know, you tell your left brain, look, I'm going to have this experience. Let me have this experience. Mm -hmm. Let me um, let me really soak it in. And then afterwards, when it's all done, after it's committed to memory and have had this experience, you can go nuts with, you know, assessing That's it and, and critiquing it and trying to understand it. But while we're having that experience, you leave it alone. You let my right brain and you let me experience it. Especially when it comes to shamanic journeying and shamanic journeying is like a vivid dream, right? It's like... Mm -hmm. Uh, you walk in the dream and you're living it and you feel like you're having um, some kind of control but at the same time you're following a big flow and you're the flow is carrying you somewhere uh, and it's a very it's beautiful symbiosis with the spirit world but when you have a, a vivid dream well you're dreaming you're not trying to interpret the dream 
as you dream, you know, you're just living it. And then after, after you write about it, you think about it and so on. So it's the same when you're having the experience, you don't want to, your brain to be like, oh, what about this? Is that true or not? It's like, look, if you're unsure, just give the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And then you'll think about it later. <laughs> yeah, that would be my number one uh, yeah. suggestion. You want to get that, that self-censorship and you mm-hmm. want to put it to one side for a time. And, you know, it's also just to clarify with, with shamanic journeying, right? That's where you've gone to trance and you're basically sending your consciousness over to the spirit world where you're having this co-created lucid dreamlike experience and uh, with the spirits. And, uh, and something that I also tell people with that is that it's, it is a co-creation, right? If you're having a shamanic journey, there are times when you have to will things to happen when you, you know, you have, you, you will and imagine and visualize yourself going and say, opening a door, right? Not everything is just going to flow into you, but at the same time, there's those things that do flow into you. And uh, I I often uh, describe, and, and, and those things that flow are the things that are coming from spirit, right? And so it's this communication where you're saying, okay, I open the door and then they show you what's behind it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It's very much, (laughs) I like to actually sometimes describe it as a, um, like Dungeons and Dragons. It's like when you're, Mm uh, when you're the player and then there's the dungeon master on the other side. Well, the dungeon master is in essence, the spirits and the spirit world that's creating this experience for you. And so, you know, the dungeon master, he, he paints the scene, right? He's like, mm-hmm. okay, you walk into this room and there's three doors, right? And, and so you though, as the player, you know, that, that has flowed into your consciousness, that this, this room with three doors. And you did not, you don't feel like you created that in the experience. And then you have to visualize and will yourself to go and open one of those doors, right? That's, uh, that's your part in this, in this co-creation. And then once you do that, then the flow starts again. And the dungeon master says, oh, you've opened this door and behind it is this giant snake or, you know, but it is. <laughs> snake spirit, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so this is this is the give and take. So I always yeah. I always like to to tell people, look, you know, you, there are going to be parts of the journey that you feel like you're making up, and it should be that way, yeah, because you're doing half of the communication, and then they are communicating back with their own imagery. And this is something that we we find in and not just in the shamaning journeying, but in a lot of uh, practice that we have that can even be, um, you know, more what is it like common mm-hmm. like uh, when you're doing art for example let's say you're doing a painting and then you're you feel inspired and you start uh, to paint I don't know a flower and then somehow you know you have a conversation with that flower somehow because you're looking at it and then you're like oh um, this is what come out of my creation now it's coming back to you inside of you as you see it and like oh what will I do next and then and then you respond to what you're seeing and then you put it on the painting again and it's just a back and forth and um it is it is the same with the with the journey yes that makes perfect sense because and i love that analogy as with it as well because i also am i'm a landscape painter so <laughs> i completely <laughs> understand the entire reference of that because it's true there will be times where i'll be sitting there looking at the canvas and they'll be like oh hey i want to paint this or i see a picture of something in nature that i'm like oh i'd love to paint that but my interpretation of that that i don't know if it's spirit led or creativity led or whatever you would like to call it comes out completely different because it has my energy infused into it. So I I like the way that you guys were describing that, that, and that's probably the hardest thing to explain to people, at least for me, when you're explaining how shamanic journeys work and uh, trans journeys work of saying, Hey, part of this is going to have to come from you. You have to do part of the visualization. Like you have to kind of give a space or create a space for those spirits to come to, but your interactions with them are going to be totally unique to you. They're not going to be like this. I can tell you that the room, you know, looks like it's got green walls and a door over here. And, you know, you, you've got this nice little couch set tea looking thing that you can sit on and talk to them with. But how you see that's going to be individual to you. And then when your spirit comes to communicate with you, 
that's you can ask them questions but what you hear is going to be them not your brain and you have to tell your brain enough you that's not you making it up that's you saying hey they're talking to me and exactly. it's yeah. very hard to get that left brain to go oh no i just made that up did you are you sure and it kind of i have to kind of laugh when i'm telling you know people like i've had students say hey I'm pretty sure I made up this entire interaction. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Go think on it for a week. And then they'll come back and say, the thing that they told me was going to happen actually happened. And I said, well, did you make it happen? Yep. <laughs> and they said, no, I couldn't have made that happen. And I said, then did you make up the conversation like you thought you did? And they're like, maybe not. And it freaks them out. But at the same time, they kind of get that, like, oh, my God, this actually happened excitement. And it's the most exciting thing to see when that spark finally yes. hits yes and then you're just uh, like oh wow you got it there you go now, yeah. now go take it and run away and have fun go play <laughs> <laughs> and one of the wonderful thing we also say to to our students because it happened it's it's like it cannot not happen at the beginning it's just it's a phase yes. <laughs> and and it's okay and what we say is like you should make a list of all these magical moments, the synchronicities, these, mm -hmm. these strange things that happen to you that you cannot explain or that you feel like it's really, wow, it's not just me. They, I, it was spirit-led or like there was something going on there. And every time that you are uh, insecure or you doubt about what's going on or you feel you're going crazy, <laughs> well, then you, you read that list and like, okay, okay this is real. I cannot explain this. I cannot explain that. And I have to, you know, it's, it's getting easier to stay um, more, I would say confident about what is happening when you start building a little list of it. Cause otherwise all these little synchronicities and weird paranormal events and everything, they get forgotten. Yeah. Right? And so you want this list of confirmation events. So you can go to it and say, Oh wow, that's yeah. This has been my life. That's some stuff I can't explain. Obviously, this is happening, and you know, confirmation events can be small. They can be big. But I mean, Lauva, you even had a, that that big confirmation event when you Lauva was quite advanced into shamanism when she started questioning for a time whether she was just going nuts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and we had oh, a huge yeah. confirmation event yeah. come out of that. Yeah. Um that's true i was uh, questioning myself being like okay all the work i'm doing is this just like a fantasy am i just like making that up or and so on and so i asked one of the um the spirits i work with i'm like okay can can i have a proof that i'm not going crazy please because i really need it right now and so i decided to go on i decide to go on a shamanic journey and by that time, Eric was, um, well, yeah, from, from my perspective, I guess it's, it's useful from my perspective and then we can get to yours. And, yeah. and basically, you know, Lauva was going into her shamanic journey. And so she's, you know, she's taking over the bedroom and she's on her bed, listening to her drum track and, and, uh, um, blindfolded. And, and so I'm out of the room and, while that's happening, I, I go to the washroom and I'm on my phone while in the washroom. And <laughs> I, I come across this, this YouTube video of David Lynch. And uh, if anyone knows David Lynch, it's, he's a director who did you know Twin Peaks and Mulholland mm -hmm. Drive. He does this very dreamlike uh, type of, of uh, film. And this, this two minute video is him talking about how the creative person is like a spider weaving reality. Oh, wow. And uh, I thought that really struck me while I was watching it. And, and something else struck me. It was like, this is important. For some reason, this is very important. I need to send this. I need to text this to, uh, to Lauva right now. And I just, it, it felt like it was time sensitive. Like if I showed it to her after it would be too late and that I, I just needed the timestamp on it. And I just needed to get to her and to her phone right now. Mm -hmm. And the funny part too, is that he never sent me 
like videos. I mean, when we live together, it could have waited and just show me the video right. after, right? So it's like, it was weird to text me a video. It's just like, it never does that. <laughs> and, and so I know that there's something going on here. I just have this deep seated feeling. And so uh, I see that, that um, I, I go in the room and, and Lauva's just coming out of her journey. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, I go and I sit beside her and I'm just, for some reason, I'm, I'm giddy like a schoolgirl. I'm just like, I'm, I'm like all excited because I know that there's something big about her seeing this video. And so before I, I, before I show her the video, before I have her check her phone, I'm like, okay, so Lauva, what was your journey? And so Lauva, go ahead. So my journey was that I was with, with uh, one of my spirit guides. And we were walking in um, a infinite kind of cosmic room, totally made up with spider webs. And there was just a little path where we were walking just enough, you know, just enough space for us to walk. And my spirit guy says, well, you know that the spiders are the one that creates reality. They are weaving a reality. <laughs> and that was and, my journey. And so I hear that and I'm just like, okay, Lauva, look at your phone. <laughs> and of course, then Lauva sees this video of David Lynch talking about spiders as the weavers of reality. And or, then or I creators. felt mentally healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that is very, very awesome and an incredible journey as well. And the funny thing is I, I have a kind of similar spider experience as well um, that, I, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I was not in a great place mentally. I, I was, you know, we've, we've all been there through the pandemic, but um, yeah. it was a really rough moment for me because I was having some issues with my MS and I'm standing in my shower and I'm basically kind of silently screaming at my deities and just saying, I feel really alone. I don't feel okay. I feel really sick. Please, I need something. And I'm not comfortable with spiders, but I have a lot of spiders in my house. And I just kind of let them be because, you know, I live on a farm. And so, I, you know, I'm like, as long as you eat the bugs and you don't crawl on me or get too close to me, We'll be fine. You can stay in your corner. I'll stay in mine. It's totally cool. And mm -hmm. so this little daddy long leg crawls down from its corner in my shower where it resides and literally gets just about a foot away from me. And it's just out of like the range of the water. And mm -hmm. it's just there. And it literally like reaches out one little arm to me and just holds it there. And I'm like, oh, this is the weirdest thing on the face of the what the hell are you doing and i literally just sat there i'm like dude you're gonna get like the water's gonna hit you you're gonna die you're gonna drown please go back up to your web don't 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 touch me and it just kind of held out its little arm to me and it never moved from that spot the whole time i was in the shower and when i turned the water off it started to turn and go right back up but it was really strange because after that moment of i feel really alone this little spider comes in. It's like, I'll keep you company. Oh, that's so cute. And I'm just like, okay. I, I don't like spiders at all, but that was really sweet. So me and the spider are friends now. And I don't know why the spider did that, but like, it, it was the strangest, most kind of healing moments in that thing. And it was weird because after the, my shower, I felt totally fine. Like I've, all of the issues yeah. that I had in my brain that was, you know, making me freak out in that moment were just kind of gone. They all just kind of washed down the drain as the spider hung out with me. And I'm like, that was some serious Loki energy. I don't know why he <gasps> would do this, but, uh -huh. you know, Loki is very well known in my household for doing stuff like that. And I'm just like, that was <laughs> sweet. Thanks, dude. Okay. Oh, I'm just, I'm just like, I have the image of the little leg, like, hello. <laughs> like oh, my heart time I almost actually tried to touch its leg and I'm like no I will freak out if that thing actually touches me so no <laughs> we're not gonna touch I'll just wave at you it's fine <laughs> but yeah. it was so Aww. adorable and so sweet and I it was such a crazy spiritual thing that 
like you know somebody would explain that to you and they they'd just be like oh a spider kept you company and it's like no a spider kept me company during an emotional moment of my life yeah and yeah. i can't not explain how spiritual it was but mm. it was so mundane that you're just like wow okay and, and you know my spiders don't do that they kind of keep to themselves and you know i've got spiders that live in my plants and do their job and you know we're, we're fine um but it, it was just a very profound amazing moment so i completely agree with the fact that you had this amazing experience of how the spiders weave our realities i think the spiders are definitely something that we take for granted in the terms of spirituality it's one of those things i mean that's the big difference between a coincidence and a synchronicity right mm -hmm. it's the meaning inherent to it and this is why it can be so difficult to express a synchronicity because uh, otherwise people are just seeing it as these events that lined up they're not seeing the meaning that it had the the, the actual communication it had for you in your life that just seemed completely and utterly unlikely to happen but that has this deep deep impact mm -hmm. um on you you know so it's it's uh, always it's always amazing to to keep a list of those things so that you can remember okay you know we're never alone the spirits are there and we are surrounded by wonderful allies absolutely and you know kind of talking a little bit about allies and all that um how does your shamanic work work with your you know spirit guides and your deities um how does that all play out together for you i'd say it's almost inseparable isn't it yes uh, yes oh it's um i don't know where to start um i would say that for me shamanic work is foremost uh healing for uh, personal healing uh for me and uh because you know you can also other people they can you know do more divination or uh, other type of work uh, for me it's about personal healing and also uh creativity that's mm -hmm. the two way i work with uh, the spirit um and when it comes to personal healing personal transformation like i will work with the spirits in a way that they have a role in my life so you know if i need uh some nurturing energy i will go to a certain spirit if i need <laughs> to be disciplined i will go to another spirit um and they are my guide they really kind of guide me through uh life like that and they they help me a lot um to find, to help me kind of let go of what needs to be letting go, to find my power, to stay in my power, and also to retrieve, uh, you know, they call it soul retrieval. Mm -hmm. So to retrieve part of myself, integrated them, uh, and heal myself in that way. And uh, yeah, I don't know if it's answer your questions. Or... No, that, that definitely answers my question. Um, the the cool thing about um, shamanism and like astral work and um, any sort of trance work for me is the big part is like that's one of the main ways that I communicate with my deities is I, you know, obviously I do my altar work and I do all that and, you know, kind of, I guess you could, I don't like to use the term prayer, but I guess prayers is probably the easiest common term um yeah. when working with uh you know sending any sort of message up to them but a lot of times for me um any sort of like shamanic work or anything like that i like going into that trans like state to go to a kind of temple space that i have set up for them for us to communicate with each other because i like that i can kind of almost break down the barrier if that makes sense so uh the cool thing about it is when i've done that i have gotten to meet new gods that have come in that are like hey i want to work with you and it's like i don't think i've ever wanted to work with you but sit down we'll talk about it and it, it's a very interesting kind of experience for that so do you have do you guys have any kind of experiences with that or um it does it just vary from person to person 
Well, I think that you're you're um, mentioning an interesting thing there that I just want to touch on first. Yeah, that's absolutely. That 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 shamanism and like things like shamanic journeying, right? Entering trance and and connecting with the spirit world. It's really just one aspect of that kind of shamanic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really I really don't like all these labels. You know, even even the term shamanism, I'd happily drop it and just call us, you know, trance entering spirit talkers. But, you know, <laughs> that, that doesn't quite have the same brand, right? And, you know, it's it, it's a, a tool and technique that is used within a lifestyle where you are working with the spirits in a lot of different ways. Otherwise, you're kind of missing out. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Alava's routine, right? You're up doing your prayers. You're up you're doing your altar work. Yeah. And then you you do your journey. Like, you I have, Yeah, and I have trance postures that I like to do. Um, there's journeying, there's prayers, there's, you know, singing or dancing. There's so many things you can do. Uh, and it's always about connecting with spirits, right? Mm-hmm. And being in, in an altered state of mind. And even the altered state of mind, uh, there's various altered state of mind, right? You know, like trance while dancing is not trance while sitting and it's not trance while being journeying. It's all different type of places right. of your mind can be and that's a wonderful thing to explore that's what it's just it's infinite so that's what i mean like if you, you can have a lot of fun with that um and to to come back to to the question about uh working with deities and um how does it work yes you can meet deities and you're for me they appear in such such mysterious ways <laughs> and that's what i was getting at that because there, there's like we work with so many modalities here yeah. mm-hmm. and that when we let's say meet with a new deity it comes through in many different ways all at once and and you know so i was thinking the the, the example of aurora yeah be useful oh yes totally um so there was um i was an point in my practice that i wanted to find a, a magical name for my practice and so I decided to uh, do a journey to find out like any idea from my guides and um, what I was seeing was um, I just have the word in Latin aurora borealis mm-hmm. and northern lights yeah thank yeah. you and um, in French is uh, aurora borealis so I was like oh, <laughs> I had a French moment sorry and and so <laughs> <laughs> it happens sometimes and um yeah so I was seeing that I'm like okay aurora borealis that was in my mind and I'm like that's I don't know I don't think that's the actual name but I, I like aurora and so I keep that in mind and then we I come back from my my journey and we start doing bibliomancy to find kind of the rest of my name to go with it. We're just uh, kind of opening up a book mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, where your finger lies. Yeah. Yeah. And and I have a, a blockage. What what did I find again? It was something about transformation. Yeah, it was transformation. Yeah, transformation. The so it was, was transformation. Yeah. Yeah, that was a very thick book. And my finger point on transformation. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm all about transformation. And uh, finally, we we went on um, a web page. Kind uh, of a, a word generator, random mm-hmm. word generator. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we played a little bit with it. And then we find a word in um, Latin, right? In Latin. Yeah. In Latin. And what was it again? It was semita. Semita. And so um, a semita, which means a path or walking the path. I'm not sure anymore. Anyway, so I'm like, Aurora Semita, that will be my name. And uh, as I said that, there's a big like kaboom in the, in the, in the alley. In the foyer, yeah, outside the door in the hallway. You know, the door is closed and we just hear what sounds like, like a pile of boxes. It's like 20 boxes high, all falling over slowly <laughs> wow. and like, boom, 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 boom. And, and like it's falling against the door too, in a way where it's like the door almost looks like it's like vibrating. It was vibrating. Like you could, like, it was weird. And, and you know, it was one of the, and so, you know, she says her magical name for the first time. And then we just hear this, this this uh like boom, 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 as things are falling outside yeah. the door and we go around the entire house and there's nothing that fell over could have caused that sound and even like uh our housemate he, he, uh, he heard i heard it and he was like what was that and he, he like 
we were not, there was nothing. That was so and, weird. And so later, as we keep looking into the name, we find out, oh, okay, um, transformation is, uh, it, and uh, the, 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 the Roman goddess Aurora, uh, you know, she's the goddess of, of transformation as well, right? And, uh, yeah. and so we find that out. And, uh, and, oh, actually, no, we found that out after. Right. Because yeah. After what happened next? Then, then I guess you. I'm not sure. How did you reach out? Okay. Anyways, we eventually. <laughs> I'm um, not sure anymore about the we, rest of the story. Um, and then we we make contact uh, through shamanic journey. Yeah, yeah. We we make contact through shamanic journey with uh, with Aurora, right? I think she came to you. I really can't remember. I'm just remembering the first part. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Well. <laughs> um we eventually made contact with the the goddess yes. aurora and um and she she takes credit for basically knocking at our door when we uh, first said this magical name that was tying us to them uh, to her and you know so i mean there's there's can be there can be many ways of of working with a deity in yeah. this kind of spirit work right i mean yeah there's the shamanic journeying aspect uh but then there's the you know bibliomancy there's the kind of the external work that you do there's paranormal events that you might experience <laughs> that, that that are the, the you know yeah that was incredible through. i was like whoa like how she did that but yeah i can't fully remember after the knockdown all we connect with her and so on but we found out about her and she was like yeah it was me haha <laughs> and yeah, that was great that's yeah. awesome yeah yeah and you know it's it's one of those things where the the deities come through in in many many different ways and i find also that you know paranormal events are when you start working with the spirits you better be ready for you know the occasional paranormal events and uh it, it definitely you get desensitized to it after a while i mean we've we've been at this for so long and so intensively that you know <laughs> as you notice we can't even remember how we made contact with the the deity there yeah. because it's like it's one <laughs> one thing among so many different uh paranormal events that we've experienced but you know you get used to it after a while but paranormality is another huge part of working with uh with spirits there's a lot of initiation yes and uh, in it absolutely mm -hmm. i think that's an incredible thing and it's funny how sometimes when a deity wants to work with you they will present how they want to work with you in the most interesting kind of ways and uh, I think when I was on your show I actually talked about um, how I started working with Thor <laughs> and how uh, I had new intentions of working with Thor and Thor kind of uh, I came into me during one of my sermonic tranches and he was like yeah we're gonna work together and I'm like no you're a little too fluffy for me but thanks and he got slightly offended that I called him Fluffy. <laughs> and that uh -oh. night we uh, had a very strong lightning storm. And when I was like, okay, Thor, you can calm things down. I'd like, you know, to keep my house standing. Thank you. And all I got in my head was, so you think I'm Fluffy, huh? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Okay, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll sit down and talk about this. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I don't get a say, but ultimately it was something that was a fun introduction to how we started working together. And looking back on it now, I can laugh at the fact that I called him Fluffy. And it's something that is very endearing to the fact that we have a really strong bond with each other now that started as an insult. <laughs> it's it's really amazing how well defined the personalities of these various deities are now as we were discussing on the the interview with you on our podcast mm -hmm. um it you know you, you and, and and we 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 work on we work with very similar in fact many of the same <laughs> deities <laughs> and you know it's it's um a wonderful wonderful thing to be having this 
conversation where you know your experiences of these beings is lining up with ours and and often as we discussed on the other podcast in ways that don't necessarily reflect how they are written in yep. you know in in the old uh myths and uh so it's it's really really wonderful to have that type of thing uh going on right yes there's just so many like funny stories like that where they can surprise you um I, I remember one time I was journeying and I was doing uh psychopomp work so helping mm-hmm. you know the dead and I, I you know I have my routine I have spirits that I work with for for that particular task and I was that day I was helping a Christian uh, that was not sure if it was Christian anymore <laughs> to go we didn't know where to go it's like do I go to paradise where do I go and now <laughs> it was very funny because I just saw like kind of a slow motion of a, a man with a white beard and you know a white um, kind of cloth going down the the sky kind of slow motion and just is kind of walking in the air slowly coming down and taking its time and coming right next to me and starting to talk to that person like well, you should come with me and start trying to kind of sell, sell a speech but without being while being very ambiguous about where it will be going and like <laughs> wait a minute I was already there who are you like what are you doing there and um, it, it then I realized it was Odin and <laughs> like Odin. he said and he says if I can take one on my side I will <laughs> so I'm like okay Odin you you do what you gotta do <laughs> just not expecting that just like pretty much cutting me in my speech and just like starting to talk as if I'm not there <laughs> like I was like well what's going on here <laughs> and I never add uh Odin you know um I I don't work with him uh in journey mm-hmm. and uh I I work with him in other ways but it's it's the first time I have an apparition of him especially out of the blues uh and I didn't even know he was was doing psychopomp work but I uh, then learned about the fact that he is a, a psychopomp so mm-hmm. um, I was very surprised and then what is even more fascinating about that is that a week later my sister called me and she's like oh you know what I discovered that I can do psychopomp work with Odin and I we didn't even talk about this we didn't even talk about that and I'm like oh what's going on here <laughs> like, that's awesome. that was mind-blowing I was like do you know what just happened to me <laughs> I, had to, I, I had to tell her that was crazy oh that is an incredible yeah. story and it, it sounds just like something and it was funny as you were describing it I'm like this is going to be Odin she's going to be talking yeah. about Odin and that's <laughs> Slow running through my head <laughs> sure enough yep it's Odin and it's funny yeah. I have had Odin do I guess you could say outside of the norm kind of things where, you know, he, he kind of will come in and like appear in that almost angelic kind of fashion, you know, minus the wings and all that, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he comes in that way. And then there's other times where he will come in completely in more of a feminine form. Um, yeah. And there will be other times where he's in true Odin form. And I'm like, can you, Pick one, because you're confusing me. No, pick you one, can't. Please. <laughs> I, I don't care which one you pick. Just pick one. I have Loki oh. over here deciding which one he's going to be on that day, and that's confusing enough. Can you just pick a form for me, please? And the funny well, thing is, too, I have Hell that does this as well. Hell will decide whether or not she wants to come in as um her normal self. Um or if she wants to come in completely in corpse form. And mm. that's a little alarming. The first time it happened, I'm like, what are you doing? And after she did it the first time, I was like, oh, why are you in that form? And she's like, I just felt like it. I'm like, okay, we're going with the creepy vibes today. That works. That's fine. I can live with that. <laughs> she is truly Loki's daughter. Right. I, I, I was gonna say, you know, <laughs> even with Loki, right? As we were discussing on the other podcast, 
Loki, of course, for those who work with him, comes through in many ways that are very different from how he's traditionally understood in the myth cycles, right? I mean, it, the, the cultural interpretation of Loki is that he's just this evil and that he's just this, uh, this mischief maker, right? When in fact, you know, when you work with him, you see that he's, he's the divine trickster and mm -hmm. he's, he's causing personal transformation. He's, he has a very important role and it, it's something that, you know, it's, it's not, it's not what you're finding in a lot of the, the traditional cultural interpretations, but when you work with that being, absolutely, you are finding so much in terms of, you know, casting off your old ego and becoming something new, that transformative aspect of, yeah. of the trickster archetype. Breaking old structures uh, so you can rebuild. New. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. creating your own personal Ragnarok, you know, your old self is dead and you can rebuild a new one. Yay. <laughs> and it's really funny about working with Loki because um, I've been reading the book Loki and Sigyn by Leah Svedenson. Um, and mainly I wanted the book because I don't know much about Sigyn and I really wanted to know more about her. Um, and the book really does highlight the fact that Loki is not just a trickster loki is also somebody who brought a lot of really good gifts to the gods and also kind of got yes. them even though he caused a lot of the problems he also got them out of a lot of problems at the same time and it's like we didn't give him enough credit for all of the things and loki is one of those things one of those deities that if he comes into your life yeah he will cause some chaos and upheaval but he will bring you profound wisdom and gifts and things that you would have never thought about getting before and it really does match up with his lore and it's just a phenomenal thing so i could talk for hours i could do a whole episode on loki you guys but we're not going to because <laughs> literally i could talk forever about it um but <laughs> the truth is it, it's just an incredible thing and i'd have to say that without working with some of my deities and without doing some of the you know trance work i probably wouldn't have the ability to communicate with them or even the depth of the relationship with them without that oh totally work. i totally agree with that there's something about shamanic journeying trance work that gives you a profound feeling a depth of communication uh, that I don't think it's something you can feel or sense, which is a prayer or um, some kind of meditation that are not going as deep in uh, a trance. And uh, and there's it, I think there's just no word for that. It's like you have to experience it. But the closest I could say is like, let's say you are seeing someone on... Uh, or you're writing someone a letter or you're talking mm -hmm. to someone on the phone compared to uh, meeting someone in person and really feel their energy, feel their uh, presence and their um, influence on you. Because in a journey, they can really carry you somewhere or give you some gifts or, you know, transform you uh, with energy, um, bring you to places that uh, when you're just more in the material world and less in the spirit world, you don't have that feeling. Uh, it's really come and uh, touch your soul, pretty much. This is the best way I could describe that. Yeah, that's an it's incredible. It's a much more embodied way of connecting, like just feeling that with your entire being. It's a soul connection, truly, truly. It's like. Uh, yeah, there's really no word. I mean, if you've never done a shamanic journey, I should give it a shot because. Uh, I remember my first shamanic journey at some point I was um, going deep in the ocean and I met with a, a being of light there. Uh, she was a kind of a shaman with, uh, she was like tall, like two trees, let's say, I don't even know what, to, like a building maybe. She was mm -hmm. made out of light and her hair were made out of like thousands of different animals and they were just kind of running in her was a weird like her hair were alive made out of animals and I looked at her I cannot I there's no word I feel like it was a Buddha moment 
I just felt like everything was perfect. I was my inner peace, like 1000% in the, you know, like I never felt like that. But mm-hmm. when I met her, I saw her and that was like, it felt like it was five minutes, but I think it was like three seconds. <laughs> and wow, um, this is something I never felt just on day to day life you know and uh my focus is not that good in general in life so (laughs) trying to be like in a mindful meditation without thinking and so on to get to reach that point uh would take me like 30 years so I'm just saying that you can uh, access that kind of feeling through journeying if you really let go and if you allow the spirits to reach out to you and to touch your your soul yeah I think that's a beautiful way to describe that because honestly and truly like as we kind of talked a little bit before the podcast started um was the fact that I have ADHD in addition to MS and all that and it, it is very hard some days to go into trance and um I would say that if I was required to go into a deep trance every single time, I, I couldn't do it. But I would say that the the way that you guys kind of described it of, you know, allowing yourself to say, I'm going to give myself five minutes, even if five minutes of trance is way more than never trying to experience it or saying, I can never do this. If you were limiting yourself by saying, I don't think I'll ever be able to get into a trance state. I have watched people go from zero to trance in like a minute flat (laughs) and it's not hard to do when you allow your brain to do that but you can't limit your thinking and doing it because the moment you do that's when you're like yeah that's not going to happen and there's many ways to get into that place that's the thing is that you know for some people it will be very easy Uh, other people they record dance a breath work um it can be you know soul singing uh it can be uh so so many things you know drum and just listening to the drum it can be certain Mm -hmm. postures um so if one way doesn't necessarily work for you then there's other way to try out that's it that's the nice thing about it so there's many way there's many when you say that there's a lot of road that lead to rum Lots of roads that lead from. Yep. And um, another thing that is very important is setting the stage for trance. It's not always something where you can, you know, if you're if you're living a stressful life and you just get home and you're like, okay, I'm going to go enter a shamanic trance. You put on the drum track and all that. It can it can be difficult to get into that space. But if you take the time to to set up the area ceremonial ceremonially. Uh, you know, cleanse the area, cleanse yourself, mm-hmm. create a peaceful and energetic environment, um, all these steps that can make trance yes. much more likely to happen. Yes, totally. And even in the lifestyle, you know, depending like, did you just ate a big meal? Did you had a coffee? Uh, are you emotionally available or right now you're kind of a train wreck a wreck train? I don't know. <laughs> train wreck. Train, yeah. train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, uh, my French is coming back. Um, yeah. So a train wreck and, and you just, you're not available. You have too much, what you call emotional noise or, uh, or uh, psychological noise. And there's mm-hmm. too much self-talk and you just, you just can't, you have to first, you know, uh, cleanse yourself calm down make space within you because this is why I say it's like a trance is like a hollow bone when you when you have space within you then you are receptive then you are able to receive what you need to receive from the spirits and you cannot you know try to fill up a cup that is already full it doesn't work so so you have to make space to receive first and sometimes this is difficult you know mm-hmm. when your head is all over the place you have a very busy we all have a very busy and stressful you know life it's not easy so yeah it's it is a um a challenge to do that but it's one of those things too where it's like okay if you are full of stress and you're you know mm-hmm. have a lifestyle that's getting in the way don't worry about having to get all the way to the shamanic trance and everything if you're just 
if you're just doing things to help yourself in the moment, cleansing yourself, mm -hmm. creating a calm environment around you, you're already doing wonderful first steps towards that, that yes. shamanic living, right? You don't have to rush it. There's no race here. And, and so, you know, just uh, do those things spiritually that are good for your self-care. And eventually you'll find that, you know, you'll, you'll make it a habit and then you'll be, you'll find yourself ready for yeah. that shamanic journey. And it's all about the small step. It's like, if you feel not comfortable about letting loose, you can even just start by giving yourself permission to let loose. And you, if it's too much already, you're like, you can ask yourself small questions. Like, how would it feel like to give myself permission to be 10% more loose? Or, or how would it feel like to give 10% of control to give it out? How would it feel like? And then you just don't even, you don't even try to answer. You're just like, let that sink. And you just, you know, go with your day. And then if you want, you can say, 20%, 50%, 100%, uh, you know, for like 30 seconds, let's say like, okay, for 30 seconds, I will let loose 100%. And you don't do more because if it's difficult for you, you don't want to have the, um, uh, the pressure mm -hmm. and you don't want to have the resistance because one thing that is really in the way of our practice usually is the high expectation that we have on ourselves that then brings us to have resistance to do anything because we're thinking, oh, I'm not good enough or, oh, I don't have the time or, oh, it won't be perfect. So what would, why would I waste my time? And it's more, much more about the process and you don't have to spend 45 minutes, 30 minutes, even 15 minutes on a trance. Like you just even getting in the mood, just giving yourself that permission is already huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, even on our on our uh, YouTube channel, uh -huh. we have a five minute drum track because so many of our students were like, "Look, I want something very short that I can do that I don't yeah, like have time for minutes. fifteen minutes." <laughs> right. And so it's like, "Okay, fine. Here's a five minute drum track." You know, I don't know how much you'll get done in it, but okay, enter trance and at least yeah. have that state. Right? That's enough to go and say hello and have you know a little bit of of that spirit feeling, and then mm -hmm. come back to the reality. If we, if we can say it like that. Yeah. That is an incredible description of everything that's, if you're really wanting to start trance, that's the best way that I would describe how to really get into it is to give yourself the permission to be like, yeah, I'm going to just be gentle with myself and try and any sort of trance work. I think that's the best thing that you could do. So uh, we're about out of time, but this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you both so much for coming by. Can you tell everybody where they can find your stuff? Like where can they find your show, your YouTube, all that good stuff? Certainly. So you can find us at spiritworldcenter.com and uh, and pretty much just searching for Spirit World Center on Google. We'll, we'll you'll find many of our things. Uh, we have the Spirit World Center on YouTube. We have uh, our Instagram account, which is spirit underscore world underscore center. And uh, what else do we have? I think we have a Twitter account somewhere. Yeah. Uh, we're on Facebook as the Spirit World Center. Uh, so we're, we're all over the place. Yes. And, and if you see Spirit World Center, Eric and Lauva, it's, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> There is a spirit world center. There's a uh, sorry. There's a spirit center, but that uh, is actually a large alcohol store down in uh, <laughs> down in the states that sells spirits. So uh, that's that's the only other Google hit that might get confusing. But we are not an alcohol store. We are a uh, a spirit world center. Um, so yeah, that's that's all available, and we have you know lots of cool resources on our website we have drum tracks uh if you go to our youtube channel we have all of our podcast episodes uh we have a really really good podcast that recently came out with uh, uh with a woman by the name of Brittany pagan atkins yeah. um, and uh <laughs> let's see we have we have drum tracks on there we have uh we have lots of cool resources and how-to videos it's it's all over the place but we have lots of cool stuff 
Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. You guys are going to have to come back and tell me more amazing stories. Actually, tell me and the audience more amazing stories because I would love to hear them and I'm sure they would too. Um, you guys have all heard where to find it, the Spirit World podcast and all of their other amazing content. Uh, you can also go listen to the interview that I did with them. I'm also going to be back on their show here in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Yay. We're going to talk some more about all sorts of cool things. Uh, I don't even remember where we left on, off on the notes for the conversation, but I'm sure Eric has all those handled. Uh, but it was a great time last time and it's going to be an even better time this time coming up. So thank you both so much for joining me. Y'all stay safe and we will talk to you all next time. Bye-bye, everyone.